They say everything is bigger in Texas. Well, it's true, but it's not just things. It can be feelings too. A big happy, a big sad, maybe even a big, big, huge, all-encompassing desire to leave. Rustle up your metaphorical saddle and hit the road. Don't get me wrong. The Yeehaw country is my homeland. Though I should specify that by saying I grew up on the border. My name is Ashini Perez, and my hometown is Laredo, Texas, the largest inland port in the United States, famous for scorching hot heat and bringing you avocados since the 1980s, baby. Life on the border could be described as living in a bubble, a cultural microcosm that is a mesh of both the U.S. and Mexico, since we shared food, culture, and the FM radio band. While it is rich in Mexican culture and tradition, living in that border town boasted all the privileges of living in the United States. And because of that, I have to pause and say that I am privileged. I don't want to forget to acknowledge that I have had opportunities others have not. Just being here to tell you this story is a privilege. So thank you for sharing this moment with me. Aside from the Rio Grande, the watery threshold that separates both countries, there were other borders too. Spanish-English, Mexican-American, brown-white. In a land defined by dichotomies, life can sometimes be a little... stifling. You can start to feel caged in by the monotony of having to be this or that. By nature, I don't neatly fit into those binaries and I think most young North Americans would agree with that sentiment. In the melting pot, immersion is inevitable, yet you are always asked to classify who you are, extract yourself from that cultural soup you've been dropped into, and quantify your existence. Maybe it's our fear of the unknown that pushes us to want to trace a line around everything, as if to say, this is where I start and you finish. A kind of us-versus-them mentality. Filling out those surveys at school where you had to tick boxes that asked you to identify your background was sometimes confusing. Am I this or that? Or this and that? The boxes didn't make it clear. As a multicultural kid, those boxes felt like a prison. It always seemed to me that I was never really Mexican enough for the Mexicans, nor American enough for the Americans, and not quite Spanish enough for the Spaniards. But we'll get to that later. When you're young, all you really want is to be accepted for who you are. The older you get, the more wonderful it is to be weird. That Oscar Wilde quote starts to ring true. Be yourself. Everyone else is taken. Until then, <laughs> you're kind of just screwed. Giddy up. Just like the cowboys, cowgirls, and cowdays that came before me, 
the monotony of the same old, same old can start to dull the shine of the Texas sun. Those centuries-old nomadic impulses start to kick in, and all you can think about is roaming on the open road. So, at the ripe age of 16, I moved away from Laredo, and never, ever moved back. I went as far as I was legally allowed to go as a minor in the state of Texas, all the way up to the DFW Metroplex to study at the University of North Texas. The problem was that I kind of got addicted to moving. I didn't even realize until my mom mentioned it during my last year of university. Ashuni, she said, don't you get tired of moving? You've moved every year since 2009. She was right. Every year I had lived in a new place, from a dorm to an apartment to a house, then another house. I guess you could say I was looking for something. When I finally graduated from college, I moved again. But that feeling never went away. I did everything that you're supposed to do in the over-glorified, sedentary, all-American lifestyle. Go to college, get a student loan, you'll pay it off. Buy a car, get a full-time job to pay off your student loan. And whenever you're not working, spend, spend, spend to support the economy. Be a good American. I was checking off the boxes of this list filed under the young American dream, but none of it truly made me happy. It was just a band-aid for a life I wasn't suited for. Every day felt a little empty as I got up to go to my day job in an office, stressed through my morning drive, went through the motions at work, ran my boring little errands, bought myself things to make myself feel better or forget, went home to watch TV to avoid thinking, and fell asleep just to do it all again the next day. I imagined myself working in an office 20 years down the line, punching the clock, covered in dust, depressed, and never having lived my life the way I wanted to. A year later, my mom suggested we go to Spain for the summer. My mother was born in Spain but grew up in Switzerland and emigrated to the U.S. in the 1980s after marrying my Mexican-American father. Some of our families still lived in Spain, mainly older relatives, but that was as good of an excuse as any. Thrilled to be going on a European vacation, we planned stops in Paris, then Zurich to see the Swiss side of the family. With my time off request approved and my suitcases packed, I felt excited about something, maybe for the first time since graduating. I remember my mom said, you know, you could always do a gap year and then go back to school for a master's. The gap year part stuck, but the master's, not so much. When we arrived in Valencia, Spain, I visited a local Cambridge school to learn how to get certified as a language teacher. It was fairly straightforward for a native English speaker from the US and I was far too easily convinced. Gap year it was. Three months later, I had sold all of my stuff, including my car with my Sonic Youth CD still inside, rustled up my saddle again and left Texas.
for good. Before we continue with my story, I thought it might be nice to get other perspectives on leaving the homeland for Spain. This will be a recurring theme in this show, as I want to provide a platform for people from different backgrounds to share their perspectives and experiences on moving to the land of sun and sangria. In this episode, I'll speak to my fellow Texan, Colton White. Hi, Colton. Can you tell us about yourself? Hi, Shuni. I'm a 29-year-old or young queer from Dallas, Texas, um, and I am a performance artist that loves to deal with like interactivity, themes of intimacy. Um, I just really am a sponge towards life and being a stranger and getting to know people. Um, I don't know. It's kind of like my silly elevator pitch. So <laughs> <laughs> I love that. What made you want to leave Texas? I have lived in DFW my entire life, so the 29 years. And it while it was very formative to who I am as an artist and an individual, I just feel like in this next chapter of my life, I needed somewhere to move. I started feeling very stagnant, stifled, and trapped, yeah. which now makes it seem like I talking negatively about Dallas, but I'm one of those people who believe that your environment does control your mind. I mean, I think it's a reflection on like our own rooms, like bedrooms. I think it's a great way of like, if you're not in a good space, your bedroom's going to reflect that. And sometimes Mm -hmm. I think the outer environment is that. So while I did and still do have great community there, it just wasn't benefiting me mentally, emotionally, and physically. And as an artist who is wanting to be inspired and expand and grow more, even an individual, I feel like I've done already all I can in Dallas. And I know I can go back and maybe further on that, but I just couldn't figure out any more opportunity to grow or to learn about myself. And yes, there's always new people coming, but it just felt so repetitive. It's like, oh, okay, we'll go to this bar. Okay, well, it was there last night. Oh, we're going to see these people. Okay, well, I saw them last night. You know, like it just <laughs> yeah. felt same and I just needed extreme change in my life just a a big cast shakeup you know like <laughs> put me in a different tv show I don't care I want to be the new girl yeah the tv show metaphor is so apt I always use that I don't know for example when I was leaving Dallas I had a giant party of like different friend groups and I just kept joking I was like oh well they're from season one you're season <laughs> five you know like this, this is what it is and you know there's always a revolving cast and I think sometimes it's best to leave a show when you need to have your own spinoff or something like that. I know it's very pop culture aesthetic talk, but I think no, it's I a very it. universal way. <laughs> <laughs> I think people can relate to that idea. Let the show die, you know? So, <laughs> so what what attracted you to Spain for your spinoff? I just had this like inner monologue that just kept saying like, go to Spain, go to Spain, go to Spain. 
the only time I've been here was 10 years ago when I was 19 to visit a friend who was studying abroad, me being spontaneous. And so that was the only relationship I had with Spain. And I found it so beautiful in the lifestyle. I felt like was something that I could get really attached to. And kind of looking over the past 10 years, it's like, oh, well, I do take my time with my day and have late dinners and always want to be with people, but I also know the pleasure of being by myself, which I think I observe that a lot with the people of Spain, but particularly Barcelona, I can't give you like a concrete answer of like, oh, well, I know so-and-so, I don't know anyone here. It was just a gut feeling of just go. And sometimes you have to take that crazy leap and go where your body tells you to go. And um, yeah, I mean, I was rejected to a couple of art residencies. So I think that added more fuel to my fire. And I'm just like, you know what? I don't need an institution to give me an opportunity or to pay an institution to give me an opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> if I have to give that money, why not just do it myself? So I came here as my own sabbatical art residency my eat, pray, love, if you will. Um, I am, you know, a white girl, so we'll just go with that. I am Julia Roberts. So. <laughs> okay. And um, so what's your experience been in Barcelona so far? Oh, my God. It's been everything and more. To say it's overwhelming, I would say it's like an understatement, but it's not <laughs> wow. in the overwhelming in the um in a good way in a good way like I think it's very strong that I dove into the river like because I'm halfway through my residency which I've been thinking about that a lot this past week which is crazy it's like oh wow I'm like halfway through I leave I guess in a month and a couple of weeks and jumping into the river at first was exciting exhilarating just feeling like the water continuously to hit me and just trying to find my balance and i moved mm -hmm. to city center which i think was a unconsciously brilliant thing to do yeah <laughs> because it's like here is the energy here we go like you want to change here's new york city right at you but extreme culture shock but also not extreme culture shock like maybe because i'm 29 and i have experienced you know diversity in life and traveled a lot within the past 10 years of my life that the most extreme culture shock is just language barrier but i think since i've always been wanting to know about culture it wasn't so like jarring of just like oh you do this or you do that it's more like oh okay cool so i need to you know learn <laughs> I need to get with the program what I need to get with the program. And I think that's just been the most beautiful thing predominantly is just witnessing a different joy for life compared to what I think United States Americans project as joy for life. Yeah, I think that's one of the biggest things. It really is the approach to life that kind of really strikes you at first, isn't it? I mean, just kissing each other on the cheeks as hello, and it doesn't matter like man, woman, queer, trans individual, like just any individual. It's it's just a beautiful appreciation of recognizing each other. And I feel like I'm going to be that silly traveler when I return back. It's like, oh, we don't kiss each other on the cheeks. And everyone's <laughs> going to be like, wow, three months in Spain. And it's just like, no, it's She's just so I'm, pretentious. Yeah, I'm just like, no, girl, I just love you as a person, you know, like, yeah, I I think that has been the most beautiful thing I've witnessed here is that friendship is another evolution of love. 
which is like that in the United States, but seeing your friends here is romantic in a way. You wake up and you make breakfast for each other and like you enjoy each other's company and it's quite beautiful. And I'm going to miss that. Or just like the genuine saying like, oh, we'll come over for dinner, you know, and like it's actually going to happen. You know? <laughs> yeah, we talked about this before. Yeah, yes. it's one of those things that when people invite you to do something here, they really mean it like they wouldn't invite you mm -hmm. if they didn't want you to actually come over to their house. Yeah, I feel like it would be very rude of me to say yes and then don't go, you know, and now in this moment that we're talking about it, it reminds me of going to bars alone in the United States and having strangers be like, oh, you should come over or something like that. And I was like, OK, yeah, I maybe will in a little bit. And then I show up and they're like, oh, you're here. And I'm just like, <laughs> well, you invited me. And it's like, sorry if I'm considered like an outlandish person, but you did offer the invitation. And yeah. Maybe you should um, understand what you say. <laughs> yeah, I, I've always wondered about that. It's a weird social cue. It's like a fake invite. I guess it's just like the necessity to seem polite. Yeah. You know, and that's another thing I've realized here is people are very direct and I appreciate mm. that more. Yeah, definitely. So well, what's your favorite part about living in Spain so far? Mm. Mm. <laughs> I as simple as a question it's very loaded as an answer mm -hmm, um, yeah because i recognize that i have the privilege and luxury of not working right now so i am seeing this experience as rose-colored glasses um mm -hmm. but i think that would be anywhere you move to is that working can change things but beside the point i think just turning any corner is a simple piece of inspiration and the architecture people just sitting and eating the fashion it's just constantly a movie moment and maybe because it's just so new and fresh but at the same time being here for a month and a half already not saying like i'm fully accustomed of living here but i think it's very different from being here for just a week and having to be like tourist party 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 you know it's yeah. um it's the ease of just looking up you know i think that's been such a great thing about here is that something so small so simple is exhilarating to me and i think that's so beautiful about spain it's just it's the simplicity and the appreciation of culture i think that's been one of my favorite things and you know i just moved to poblano in barcelona and so now i'm experiencing a whole new neighborhood compared to Ijample. and you know i can't stop smiling because the pace is different but the vibe is such alive still in a very much lax way but there's so much ample opportunity to discover something new. And I believe that's why I love Spain so much or Barcelona so much. Well, I mean, Spain in general. I mean, been traveling along the Mediterranean coast and experiencing that has been truly wonderful as well. I wish I could travel more, but I also need to be conscious of money, time, mm -hmm. and stress level. Cause I've also had friends back at home be like, oh, if you're there, why don't you travel to like this country or this city and that city? And it's like, wow, that sounds fun. I don't want to add more stress and I want to know mm. what it's like to live in one area. And, you know, my intention was not to party, party, party. It was to exist, to be inspired, to learn about myself and others. And if I wanted to move here, I think spending three months is a good ample opportunity to see if I can adapt because there's been so many times and maybe you 
can attest to this too, where you go travel somewhere for five days minimum and you're like, oh, I'm going to move here. This is great. You know, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's just the excitement of being there that you don't really get to notice the flaws. And I've noticed while there are great things about this city, there are also problems in this city. So it's nice to learn about all this day by day. Yeah, I think every place has its own pros and cons and it depends on you as a person. But going back to what you were saying about your friends kind of wondering, why aren't you traveling more? I think that's, I mean, over the years I've really seen it and I think that's really, really an American perspective. And it comes mm-hmm. from this kind of obsession of like, get your bang for your buck. It's like, oh, if you're going there, I mean... Most Americans, I think when they come to Europe, they come on like the classic two week trip because most people only have two weeks vacation. Let's be real. Yeah. And they're just like trying to cram everything in. And not only is it not realistic, but it's also just like overwhelming. Like, you know, you can always do a weekend someplace depending on where it is. But some people are like, I went to a different country every day. And you're just like, whoa, it's really a lot. Like, and I don't think you can Mm -hmm. get a good feel for a place in just a day. I mean, depending on where it is, obviously. It's this kind of thing that I think Americans are kind of obsessed with this more, more, more attitude when really I think you kind of see in Europe, the perspective is more just like enjoy, live in the moment and see kind of like what comes. It's not about always wanting more. Yeah. Like I said, like being here is overwhelming, but I don't want to be fully overwhelmed. I'd rather just be like, oh, I don't know what to eat. You know, like, just, like I want my most thing. difficult decision to be what I'm having for lunch today. Yeah. Exactly. Do I eat at home or do I go out? You know, like that's, <laughs> that's the difficult question I want. Not how much time do I have to catch the train? Also, do I know where the train station at? You know, like, mm. I don't think people think about that when traveling. They're just like, oh, I'll get there. And I'm just like, okay, well. There's a lot of organization that goes into There's a it. Yeah. lot of organization. It's like, that's half your day if you think about it. Then the rest of your half is eating and then going to a club. Like, no, you didn't see anything. It's one of those things that it depends. Some people are really into traveling like that because they feel mm-hmm. accomplished. It's like, oh, I have this list and I want to tick everything off. And I think some people, and I would have to say that I fall into the second category is I really love to just like wander around. Depending on how long I'm in a place, I'll pick like a few things that I'm like, I have to do this. And then everything mm-hmm. else, like just let it happen. Because I think it's just more fun to approach things in that kind of organic way. Because oh, otherwise yeah. it just leads to, to disappointment, honestly. If you don't do everything, everything on your list you're going to be like oh man well absolutely because i was i mean i am very hard on myself at times but well most of the time but um, <laughs> <laughs> like my first couple of weeks here i was getting hard on myself and i was just like am i even doing this right i haven't really done this and then i go what is right you know yeah like, there's no right way i'm going and doing things like just experiencing life is doing it right even if it is just getting a coffee and a croissant there doesn't need to be always an itinerary like yes it's nice but i think just giving yourself grace has been a lesson i've learned while being here yeah like let it happen exactly meeting someone or seeing something and it's been such a beautiful amazing experience so far and I am happy that I've done this. It's it's very it's very bittersweet already. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I know it's still early, but I mean, if you had to do it again, would you? Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yeah, totally would. I maybe would um, 
figure out living situation differently. That would be <laughs> that would be my different approach. That housing market is rough. It's rough. And <laughs> even friends I've met who are residents of Barcelona are experiencing it as well. And so mm. but it is also hard when you go to a new city in a new place that you don't know how to connect to find living. So I guess it's a obstacle that we all must go through before you find proper or comfortable living. As silly as it sounds, I want to like help remind people, especially in our age group or any age group, that you can go off and make changes and do big things at any time. I think that's a big misconception we have in the United States is to be successful or to be doing something. You have to be young, beautiful, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, because I struggle with that, especially when I doom scroll on social media, <laughs> is um, not feeling like I've lived up to my expectations. But then I remind myself, I'm like, bitch, you did this. Like, you're doing this. And anyone can do this at any time. And it's given me the reassurance and the confidence that I could choose another city and know that I can do this and figure it out and be able to find a new community or just a friend to help navigate. And I know it's hard putting yourself out there, but sometimes you kind of have to in order to find a guide. So I think that's what my big takeaway is. I am proud of myself for the strength and courage that I have. And I hope that others can see that within themselves and maybe take a leap of faith too and put themselves in an uncomfortable safe situation oh well i honestly think that that's really a huge inspiration to a lot of people and it is sometimes just seeing that somebody did it and it's like you can do it too i've had so many people from my hometown come to me and say oh my god you live in spain oh i could never do that and i'm always thinking like you could though it doesn't seem easy but yeah you can do it yeah and it's still not and like i said before i have the privilege of having the funds because i've worked to let me have this three-month residency and i know the learning about how i need to get quote-unquote my shit together if i do want to move here it's like okay These are now the steps I need to do because of my poor planning on that part, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) But I think it's been great to talk to individuals who have, like yourself, like made the move here or even other expats or residents of Barcelona giving me tips or information of what they've done to find job security and stuff like that. And I've even like, you know, told some other people who have been traveling here when they've said, oh, you know, like I want to move here. And I go, you know, me too. But like, have you thought about this? Because these are the things I've learned. So I think sharing the wealth of knowledge Mm -hmm. of how do you make this happen is a very important lesson. And so that's where it's like, it is difficult, but you can do it. It just takes work. Yes, that's really what it boils down to. It's difficult, but you can do it, but it takes work. You can do it. But I think, honestly, anything worth doing takes work. I think putting in effort, I think, is maybe the better different way. Yeah, not work. Yeah, Yeah, because we're not talking about like capitalistic approach. It's just nothing's always going to be handed to you. You got to... Put in the effort to make something happen. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Well, Colton, thank you so much. It's been so nice hearing your perspective. Oh, and we will definitely be looking out for your future performances. Me too. I'm just like, oh God. <laughs> what am I doing? I'm looking out for them as well. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
So thank you for, um, you know, having the moment with me. Most people have a reason for wanting to leave the place where they grew up. Perhaps it's work, friends, a relationship, an itch to travel, or in some cases, conflict and tragedy. Some of the parallels between Colton's and my story have to do with the fact that we are both creative, artsy types that have a restless disposition. That is, restless for experiences, both visceral and emotional. Colton is a performance artist, and I'm a writer. And in a way, we both bring experiences to the public. Our life's work revolves around creating moments that inspire, influence, and sometimes alter people's lives. We've made it our job to weave stories into the fabric of time. Although I didn't always feel ready to write or tell stories. When I finished college, I used to say that I didn't know what story I wanted to tell because I had to live more and see more corners of the globe, disappear into the unknown, get lost, only to find myself and my story and my voice. Like a desperado wandering the desert on my trusty steed, I realized nearly a decade later that the story I wanted to tell was right under my nose the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> 